Hello and a very good evening, good afternoon or good morning to our international listeners, if there are any out there. I mean, I'm sure we do, but... Clip shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I'd just like to welcome the gang back. Um, we are short of uh, our usual host for this podcast, Pascal, but no, it's not because Liverpool lost, which is the reason why I'm hosting. It's actually... Well, then again, you know, with the way they're playing right now, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm hosting again next week. But he's currently <laughs> away in uh, Bangkok right now, the land of smiles. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, he's back next week. Back hosting, that is. Uh, but yeah, joining with me are the rest of the guys. We have uh, our Newcastle correspondent, Cash. We have our Arsenal yeah. correspondent, BK. Our United correspondent, Nathan. As well as our Manchester City correspondent, Lionel. So, um, you know, this weekend, yet again, VAR, I don't think it's just VAR, it's the people who are implementing VAR back again in the headlights, all the controversies, and during the weekend, there were eight matches that were being played, and out of these eight matches, four of them had VAR controversies, which is 50% of the games, and, you know, for a... League like the Premier League, right? The one of the most globally, or rather the the most globally watched football league in the world, with all the money that's being pumped in, it's just unacceptable. And and I'm just gonna okay before I uh, throw, <laughs> I throw the so much rage, guys, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm trying to withhold my rage in because my my team Chelsea, right? We <laughs> let's go. Okay, let's go. we didn't play that well. Although we did play well for the first 45 minutes, but it was so unjust, man. When um, I'm just going to bring it... I'm just going to shine a spotlight at the incident itself. Um, great save by Socek. I'm just going <laughs> to say it first. But uh, guys, I didn't know that the Premier League recently updated the rules where um, you could have more than one goalkeeper in the game <laughs> It's just new information to me. Yeah, so unjustly denied that penalty I couldn't understand why it wasn't given even with I mean even without VAR right like I could see from my screen that Suchek just parried the ball away his hand was in an unnatural position like how can you classify that as a natural position and what's worse the referee did not even bother to I'm okay I'm not sure if the referee did not um, you know, uh, consult the VAR, or it was the person who was implementing VAR which told the referee, "Hey, it's not a handball." But if I could see clearly from my television that it was such a blatant handball, right? And let's not forget the game was tied at one-one. Yeah, Chelsea still had to take the penalty, but whether we score or we miss it or not, it's it, that's not the point. The point is that. There was injustice that was committed during the match, and I don't know. I'm just done. We're like, uh, I don't know. So, so I mean, have you seen the reasoning for it? No, that is the thing. Like, I feel the, the, that the, there wasn't much that, discussion. Uh, yeah. There was no like, like the reasoning was that uh, they thought that he was breaking his fall. Yeah. No, but no, but the, but I feel like the rough. thing is because I was watching that game right. So at the, at from one angle right, it looked it looked like okay, sure he was breaking his fall. But then I think when they actually filmed it from the back, right, it was so obvious that when he was like going down, 
his hand was clearly impeding uh, the, uh, obstructing the ball such that it's denying a goal scoring opportunity like and, and the, I think the thing that was most that was the most absurd right is that the referee didn't even like go to and take a look for himself and uh, review the case he was like nope okay let's continue with play and while like so many Chelsea players were like uh, walking straight up to him and protesting so it's it's very it's very weird but I mean at this point of time it doesn't like uh, it doesn't uh, amaze us anymore because there's so there's so much and so many inconsistencies with VAR like ever since it was introduced and like this week just goes to show that um, each referee or each game has its own set of rules so there's like no standardization which I think it's be something that the fans and the teams and the managers have been calling out for so long now so I don't know what the hell is going on but yeah man I think my, my brother my brother was quite pissed uh, like when, when he saw that like I'm just gonna go on a, a mini <laughs> rant here right like they took longer to check whether Suchek's goal you know before this incident was also I think he took roughly about 3 minutes uh, for for him and the VAR team to decide whether Suchek's goal was offside when he was quite blatantly offside lah and then when it came to Suchek's handball, right, I don't think they even spent like 30 seconds looking through the VAR replays. They just, oh, not not a handball. And then they just decided to pretend that nothing even happened. And what I'm pretty pissed off about right now, right, is that referees are currently holding too much power in terms of them making decisions. And then at the end of the game, if there is a controversial decision, they are not really held accountable for it. Like, I don't know what what's going on in my mind is they have this group chat filled with family <laughs> referees, and then like one of them makes a boo boo, and then someone like one of the higher ups say, "Hey, yeah, you made a boo boo, just but just don't do that again." And then there's <laughs> nothing, you know, there's like no backlash, there's no punishment given to all these referees who make major blunders. Which, you know, yeah, in the context of things, it's two points but in the grand scheme of things right it could mean a difference between relegation I mean you just take a few seasons back where what was it Sheffield United like if VAR team was doing their job right they might not have been relegated because from what I remember it would be Villa who went exactly so fine margins man we could decide between like who gets relegated who gets in Champions League spots and who gets the title so I mean, yeah, I'm going to pass this on to BK because his team was also shafted by VAR uh, <laughs> this, uh, this weekend because if the goal was rightfully ruled out for offside, Arsenal would have had a five-point lead yeah. ahead of uh, City instead of having to play them this midweek with only a three-point deficit. So... I don't know, BK. I, you can you can take it away, man. I need to cool down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I mean I feel you, man. Like I I mean even last week I wasn't even very sure about the whole Brentford game, and uh, I mean I uh, I saw uh we took the lead. First, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You took yeah, the lead. We, we took the lead first, and then I was like, oh okay, and then when I saw the goal, I was like, <sighs> like I I I I don't know. Like I agree with you, like these refs should like there, there, there should be some but I guess they are so short on refs right I, I I think there was a while back they mentioned like uh, people were uh, the, the league or something was so short on refs that 
I think I, it's really hard to for them to like wanna what what do you do find the rest? It's not like they are paid a lot as well, and um, I there's I mean, no, there's like no substitute or like yeah, I think yeah, there's just, like some qualification thing to like get into refereeing for the Premier League or something. I think like yeah, I think if it, you can't find enough local uh referees, right? Why not just import some from? Like overseas, get some foreign talents because right now <laughs> Brexit, the local bro, referees, Brexit. the local <laughs> referees are not just cutting it. Man. Just some Brexit ball, right? It's such there. a they low level of, of standard of I mean, refereeing. They right brought now. in, they brought in Jared Gillard. Man. Jared Gillard is from Australia. I think <sighs> isn't isn't he I, I, like under a common well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I I think I remember I saw a report on Howard Webb coming out to apologize <laughs> to some of the clubs about the. VAR decisions before But like what's the point right Really like It's like like what you mentioned Three points like, it, Yeah it, it reminds me of Like that South Park meme And where you just say You're sorry And then <laughs> There's no follow up punishment Or what the, the referees get to Referee games again And then I, I, I guess the only thing cycle. The only thing oh, who, who was it who mentioned Pre-pot that uh, The VAR referee Is going to be changed out uh, Yep Yeah I think it was the <clears throat> The referee who made Like a <clears throat> A super bad call in denying Brighton's uh goal goal right. Okay, and yeah. and do you guys know what the bad call is or not? They forgot to draw the lines, which is <laughs> the reason why VAR was kind of introduced to the game as well. So no, they wasn't that the Arsenal game they, they, as well. They, yeah, exactly. They drew the lines they wrongly. They they drew yeah, the lines, I, I but they know. drew the lines wrongly. Draw the line wrong. Yeah, draw no, to take a line, draw It was fight. the it was the Estupinian goal that was given offside. But when you actually watch it back, they put the line at the wrong defender, and there was actually a, a another defender who was even further behind playing Estupinian onside. But they didn't draw the line to that defender. They drew it to another defender, and hence the goal was given as a, it was a disallowed goal, which is incredible, yeah, so isn't it? Because Brighton as well is. Two points dropped for them, and they were trying to get exactly. into the Europe, the European places. Yeah, they they played well, but it wasn't rewarded justly because what kind of denied them the two points wasn't how badly they played or how well Crystal Palace played, but how badly the refereeing was. So I'm just dumbfounded, lah. And um, it's it's so weird. Okay, because. I know the Arsenal Brentford game was I mean the decision in Arsenal Brentford game was not that clear cut because I think um I mean just just to explain uh it in whole because uh I think it's pretty divisive in terms of uh understanding on on the different phases of play in uh, when someone's taking a set piece so like some may argue oh but he's he's offside at the start before the ball was kicked but after the ball was kicked um, the uh, was it Norgard? Norgard was actually onside after the kick but then again it's wrong because when when the set piece is being taken right the entire phase of play should be like what happens before the free kick and what happens after the free kick should be counted as one phase of play so if Norgard was offside before the free kick was taken if he is in any way active in terms of the lead up to the goal, the goal, if scored, should be ruled out as offside. It doesn't matter whether it's the like the, the whether he was offside at the start and then he went back into an onside position to 
hit the ball to Tony because yeah, that that is the rule of the game because I, I've been on social media and they've been pretty divisive on whether the goal should stand or it should not stand. But based on the rule book in in Premier League football, it should be considered as one phase of play. So if you start in an offside position before the ball is kicked, if you're in any way impeding or in any way offside when the goal is scored, then it should be ruled off offside. So if you're gonna take that into context, the Rashford goal against Man City, yeah, against the goal right, should not have stood. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But exactly. so actually, so the Norgard one was was more was more obvious, right? Like, yes. yeah. right b- when he hits the ball back to Tony, he's offside. You know, like yes. when, no, when the ball is headed to him by um, I'm not sure who mm. it was. I think it was uh, Pinnock, e- Ethan, Ethan, the, you know, yeah, Pinnock, right? one of the Brentford defenders, the really tall one. So I think Pinnock hits the ball, and when the the ball like touches his head at the point of contact, right? Norgard is offside. I yes. think it's really clear. So it doesn't matter like phase of play or what. The last guy who touches the ball who hits the ball is your own teammate and you're in an offside position. I thought that was the most blatant one, even worse than the Suchek one. Because you don't even have to draw the lines to see that this guy is completely offside. And but yeah, so Arsenal uh, just as well. Just an argument, additional argument, right? It's like, forgetting to draw the line is like a football player forgetting to wear shoes or wear his football boots onto the pitch. So like, Anything else shouldn't even be argued. <laughs> like, like isn't right. isn't isn't the the whole uh, premise of VAR? It's like drawing lines and making decisions. That's like <laughs> yeah, that's like sure. their bread and butter, right? Yeah, that's uh, the apparently job. Apparently they, they, the the <laughs> they, they can't even get a shit together. So, okay, but yeah. but I'm just just curious, right? I'm gonna throw out a question. I think it's gonna be damn difficult to answer. But like in in let's say um the Brentford uh game or say the Brighton game, right? If let's say refs who by right shouldn't make these kind of mistakes do make the mistake, right? How sh- how can like like the plaintiff or the club that was like kind of quote unquote robbed, right? How should they be? Is there a way that they can be compensated, or do you think there's a right way for them to be compensated? You mean like uh, like give them a win? Like, I, I, know, I mean that's, yeah, so that's, that's what I always thought about before like how how are you gonna penalize the refs or how are you gonna give the uh, the team that 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 took the L right or whatever yeah. it is lah, but like how are you gonna compensate that team right if it's a draw or a loss right basically it's L's right but if you're like of course hypothetically let's just say you're 3-0 up and then it was a VAR offside sure the player don't get the goal on his stat Actually, you know what? That 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 might actually affect the player also, because you know there might be like goal bonuses and all that shit also. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I, I uh, realistically I don't. I would think that like at the end of it, you know how you can appeal a red card and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Technically, that's still okay. The only thing that you can't do is like you can't if the guy is sent off, he walks off the pitch, right? So you can't get it back. You know what I mean? Like. Results, uh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It has already the decision affects the game regardless. That but in apparently you can appeal like a red card. For you example. can, and the guy. But like you can't appeal. Uh, at this moment in time, you can't appeal um an offside or or something like that to to get your to get your goal um reallowed for example, and I would think that the only way that teams can get compensated is if they do allow. That so, for example, they go back and check, and they realize for the Brighton game that they misdrew the lines, and that it was a goal. 
I think it's clearer to allow such things, but it also complicates it, right? Because then you have to think, oh, now we have opened up a, a can of worms. There's going to be a lot more grey areas for us to look at. Okay, la, you know what? I'll take it. You just give me one point. You didn't give me two points, but you gave me one point. That's so absurd. But, but, no, but, the, thing is, but the thing is, like, in a one, three point game. Yeah, but the thing is, like, one point actually could make the difference between you getting relegated and you. Exactly. Surviving. Imagine, like, just say, I don't know, uh, any of our clubs, right, took, like, five L's on VAR and then like five points man that's like five points you could have got back of, of course it could have been like ten but like that's half the point still I think for me right I've been thinking about it why not just find the referees oh no not find the referees find the FA whoever's in charge of hiring them because they are your employees right? so you should be responsible you know of whatever they do You know Their actions Find them And then use the money To And donate the money To charity So Yeah That that is right now The most Short term solution That I can Think of The one where You Kind of award Like One point For any Decision that was Unjustly Made by the referee There's gonna be A lot of talking points To it uh, So but the one point, right, in, in a way, you don't really affect. So, like, for example, Arsenal and, Br- and Brentford, right? Mm. So, let's say, or oh, Arsenal has been shafted. So, you award, award one point to Arsenal. So, Arsenal gets two points. Mm. But Brentford is not affected. Or they don't get their point deducted. So, uh, that might be also a good uh, way to have things work out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then again, it's, it's really but based on But if the other way around, luck. then it's a bit hard. Yeah, it's, it's really based on luck. Like, imagine, like, Arsenal, right? Like what BK said, they are really unlucky in terms of the decisions that have so gone against times. them. So many times, yeah, yeah. So, so I yeah that that could be a uh, an interesting uh, solution to it. But then again, it's the FA that will be the ones deciding on how it's how how they're gonna um you know compensate all these wrong decisions. But and based on. Like I mean, right now their their current record for hiring bad referees is, it's it's doesn't really um give me the uh any encouragement that they will be able to creatively and rightly think of like decisions that will benefit uh you know the the current situation right now So I don't know, man. It's it's not VAR that's the issue. I mean, we've all said that time and time again, but it's the referees that are implementing the use of technology. So the common denominator is the referees. The human, the human error. It's human error, know. exactly. So unless they can completely eradicate and you know eliminate this human factor, or, or, we or are like going to sit through all these. Like, like even actually, micing up the refs or like... This, mm. Oh, no, you, you say first beaks. No, no, it's just about like just right... Um, it's just putting someone on the pedestal, right? Or, like, the chopping board. I, I I guess it's quite mean in a sense, but, like, I I mean, too far has this gone, like, into questioning, like, someone has to take responsibility, right? But, like, yeah, no man. one does. I mean, the fans always ask for, like, like how did the ref get... I mean, Sarge is talking about this right now. How is the ref getting away with this? Uh, You, you know, like, no, no one's taking responsibility and then, like, maybe next week it just goes silent and then, like, Again, another VAR problem comes up, and then again the fans will start asking, and then you know it goes silent. I think too right, often this happened uh, with with the technology that we have today. 
they can afford to actually automate the VAR to an AI thing, right? Yeah, like how they did for the World Cup, right? Right. They're, they're, I think they're, I, I, yeah. yeah, 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 I think you're right. Yeah, like I the, think, the, the World Cup could. V- the World Cup VAR was like, the use was so advanced. Like you see, it was like a, what, 3D simulation and then they showed like, uh, where exactly was the player caught I mean, offside? Bro, t- wait, what are we talking about? It's like tennis has this all along, right? Yeah, like, the tennis, the tennis, tennis cameras are super sharp. Shows. Even, even with the how advanced VAR is right now, compared to when they first introduced it in the 2018 World Cup, right? Okay, I remember when they first, when VAR was first showcased in the World Cup, I was like, wow, yo, this technology is really going to help um, kind of Areas that are pretty grey right now, it's going to be black and white because we have technology to help us. But the only thing that I didn't account for, right, was how, and not being xenophobic, it's how bad the referees are in England compared to the referees that are, you know, being placed in charge of matches in, in World Cup tournaments or in Euro tournaments. Because yeah, yeah, I agree. I, bring, I, I, want, I wanted to say yeah. the same thing because like, I mean, maybe we don't mu- watch as much of the other European footballs, but we don't hear so much of these, like, VAR problems from the other leagues. I know, right? So, that all boils down to one, the referees. One way, I mean, it's it's extra technology and it's extra cost, but I think we're not too far from the time where you can actually put a sensor in the ball and a sensor on every man so that you can really track their position on the field. So I think the they did that contact, for the World Cup, no. I mean, can't I they they do, you know, okay, the, the, the players are already wearing that, that sports bra thing that tracks their, their movements <laughs> yeah, around the pitch, To track right? the opta stats. Yeah. Right. Why not just put in a tracking sensor and send that to the ref so that at the point where the ball is struck, you can 100% see for certain where the person is located. The only time that I think that this gets dicey is when you're trying to do like sh- like the arm sleeve kind of offside against someone's like toenail I mean that's where it gets completely at that point is the margins are almost negligible the lines are overlapping yeah but isn't the rule to give the advantage to the the attacker attacker? I also felt that like level (laughs) is onside right right now like they they, they are trying to look at like oh two millimeters off It's, it's kind of ridiculous I feel you should come out and just state the hard rules like okay from now on we are going to draw from the feet and all like level is on site and like these are the hard rules right so there's no more like debate there's no more oh my, this referee thinks this and their referee thinks this because right now it's like everyone is just giving their own opinion and then they'll make the yeah, call yeah. we're still having but, the but, same but issue but of like cash, the you, handball thing yeah but, but do you guys trust the referees even though there's like hard hitting let's say they implement all these hard hitting rules right now right do you trust the referees to implement that I don't you know yeah so okay this is where, where I think like the, I mean, it's all ifs and buts, right? But if we have the perfect world, right? I think the FA has to come down and be harder on the referees from now on. Because like, if let's say they see, okay, our referees are all now screwing up so much more and then it's affecting a lot more results, right? Because say, okay, these are the hard rules and if you don't follow the hard rules, you gotta, you'll get fined or you get dropped for how many games and things like that. Because they're doing it to managers, they're doing it to players who come out and score the referees. So if you've been protecting referees so much, and then they have been taking it for granted and now they are making so much more mistakes. Then you you have to flip back the switch and say that, okay, referees, now you all have to wake up your idea. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's the best kind of solution. At this moment, like, if let's say the ref makes the wrong decision and everyone can see in VAR, and yet the coach, like, verbally s- kind of s- stands up and, and, and says something, he gets sent off, you know, for dissent when he's, when he's right. 
So in that case, I feel like, I think maybe you yeah. just need to make referees more accountable, and that could be like really um finding them or suspending them. I think we really should, the the FA should really look into doing that. Yeah. Mm. I mean, a lot more accountability from refereeing decisions is what I think the fans, or like all 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 the f- the fans of the Premier League and like. Not, I mean not just Premier League like the important tournaments as well I mean it's more evident in, in the Premier League lah, because we have what been witnessing that for the past five going on six years already but yeah I think this new batch is the one that's making a lot more mistakes you know? yeah I, I, I don't know man it's just hopefully the refereeing uh, the standard of refereeing improves lah, because it, I know I know there's a in football, it's a tribalism type of thing, and it's kind of funny when it happens to like your rival clubs. But ultimately, <laughs> in the end, it's, it's it's gonna come back to bite, bite you in the ass because, uh, referees are not just fixated to refereeing certain clubs. You know, we they they go around in cycles. So, what's happening to Chelsea right now? I mean, we got shafted twice. One of it is the Suchek save, and the other one was when Kukurella got his hair pulled. So that was like two bad decisions against Chelsea right now, but. I don't know, it, it's, it's it's just, I know I can feel unjustly done as a fan, but it could happen to, you know, uh, I mean, it really happened to Man City, it could happen to United, it really happened to Arsenal, it could happen to Liverpool and Newcastle as well, so, yeah, just hopefully the beautiful game doesn't get ruined by atrocious refereeing decisions. Uh. So, I'm just going to move the, the topic uh, on to, you know, I, I think one of the quintessential games of the season, one of the, I would say, whatever happens in this match could kind of shape up how uh, the title is won and lost at the close to the end of the season. So it's actually Arsenal versus Man City, which is um, a continuation of uh, this weekend's games, which is going to be played in the mid-game. Was it... Was it Wednesday or Thursday? Yeah, uh, uh, um, early Thursday, th- yeah, Thursday early morning for us, which is like Wednesday evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, other than the refereeing decision that went awry, right? I I did watch the Arsenal game and I felt that, um, do you think, right, because Arsenal has been faltering in terms of not getting the right results lately, I kind of feel that your blueprint for success, which has taken you, uh, you know, which has cemented your position in first place up to this point of the season, because you guys have not won against um, what's it, uh, Newcastle, you guys not you guys lost to Everton and you guys most recently dropped against Brentford, albeit based on the influence or from the influence of like atrocious refereeing decisions. Do you think that Arteta's being kind of being found out right now? Because it's I don't know, um it's two points from a possible nine Yeah. So I know I just want to hear your thoughts, man. Like I know you are the most down to earth Arsenal fan and I've always been trying to bait you to say that oh yeah, the title is ours, but <laughs> you've you've been you've been pretty grounded right now and Bro. And you did say that February is the month where you guys usually kind of 
wobble yes, a little bit. Yes, exactly <laughs> what I said. Like I, I, I mean, okay. Like the Everton game, um, like what what we talked about last week. Uh, you know, bounce new manager bounce back. Yeah, fine. I was a bit sus about Brentford because Brentford being Brentford, right? And you know, see, they just pull one up against us. I I don't think we did fairly well for that game as well. To be fair, um, Brentford did did quite well. David Raya is a beast. I still feel. I think he's. I I I hope he gets a transfer out. Uh, to a club. I heard Spurs were looking at him, but uh. <sighs> Against the city match, like what you say, now that we are going in three points and a game in hand, you know it's not great. Uh, I think City has been doing better on the other hand ever since losing, um, Cancelo, and I think they're getting slaps from their manager. I I mean even Lionel was saying like the back three looks like a, like a solid, solid new, formation for them to work on, and I think it's gonna be even tougher for us because like, not many clubs. Play them at the back three, so it's gonna be a whole new ball game for Arsenal to be playing against that. Even though we are at home, I I do I do still hope they will get a win, hopefully. Uh, but being the pessimist, I think realistically we might look at an L because City is. I would dare say City is going strong, and we're not like I don't think our defense is as strong as. Wow, this is so bad saying this out loud. That, uh, sit, uh, we're not as strong as United defense. Uh, I still do kind of think like United's defense is a bit, um, astute. I think ours is still kind of a bit leaky, so trying to mute Haaland might be tough for us. Uh, I mean, are you trying I to are you trying to reverse FKB this thing? <laughs> I mean, yeah, Lino, Lino, uh, I mean, Lino, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, like, uh, City will take a L. <laughs> I, can, I can see you're threading lightly. Yeah, I actually received um, the same question. As in, now that um, that particular fixture is drawing closer and closer, um, I personally, I think I told my brother as well, going, I feel like, um, back then, if, if you were to tell me that uh, we are going to play uh, Arsenal at the Emirates, I'll, I'll be like, yeah, sure, bring it on. But but I think now times have changed. Like Arsenal are, are, are now the team to beat. So honestly, I feel that um to me getting a point at the Emirates, right? To me, it's it's kind of like victory already. But given that how Arsenal are a bit uh kind of in a rut, I'd say like I think I think teams are starting to 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 sniff out um Ateta's style of play, and I think. Re- in recent uh, games, Arsenal players have not really been their best. Like, um, I think, because I did watch the arsenal Brentford game as well, um, Zinchenko actually wasn't his best. Um, I think um, the way Brentford uh, defended, they, they had an excellent game. Like, going forward, they were great. Um, tracking back and then uh, forming up five at the back was great. Like, I didn't even think uh, Anketia and like Saka could get much of the ball apart yeah, from I agree. yeah apart from the first goal like i think teams like Brentford and Brighton right they are really like a well well run team now so i think these teams are actually the wild card teams in the league but i'd say that yeah i think i think arsenal i think i'm quite thankful that we didn't play arsenal like uh maybe say like more like 4 weeks or more ago because their arsenal would have been really scary right yeah that's what yeah. i'm thinking as well yeah but now i feel like you know, going into this fixture, 
Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jinx it. But going into this yeah, fixture, come I, on. going into this fixture, I feel that it's more possible to get a point. Yeah, I shall just keep it as that a point. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think like like BK mentioned, right? I I watched the city game as well. Pep Pep rotated like his uh back four, and like he went with three at the back, which was quite surprising. But it worked out extremely well. So. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not sure what is he gonna do uh, next. Like nowadays, um, bro, no one knows. Yeah, what especially do for people, uh, listeners. If you are an FPL manager like myself, I think uh, stay steer clear of like the the Man City players. Like honestly, uh, the rotation is just insane. Like I mean, it's good because everyone in the team uh uh gets a chance at playing. Like yesterday, I felt like DS had an exceptional game. Like he made. Uh, a tackle that I honestly qualified that I feel that like it was qualified as a goal uh, so I think like it's it's really good to see uh, players getting back to the game uh, as to who will play who Pep will set up against the Arsenal honestly I I don't know man it beats me but I just hope that uh, you know it will be an exciting game for everyone rather than like a goalless new new game I think there were uh, some yeah. rumours going that uh or, or rather, a lot of fans were like asking. Harlan, is it? Oh, uh, no, no. They were asking for Arteta to drop Martinelli for Trossard for the next few matches or something. Because they said that he hasn't been pulling his weight of sorts. But uh, it's, it's hard for a youngster. And I guess that's also kind of why they brought Trossard in, I guess, with a new spark. Um, mm. I, also I also think, think it's the new yeah. contract issue. Uh. See, the guy signed uh, uh. a new contract and then it's like the whole Sa- Salah saga, right? Man I think I think it's contract. also because Brentford are playing such a low line and Martinelli can't really use his speed for that to, to break right. Yeah, and secondly, it's who he's paired up with on the left hand side. Uh, Zinchenko tends to tuck in a lot to play that inverted, uh, inverted wing back, right? left back position. Whereas yeah. Tierney would be a better fit if you're gonna pair him up with Martinelli because he actually does all these overlapping runs, which kind of frees up space for Martinelli to do his thing. Whereas Martinelli right now he's being shafted out wide to hold a whiff. Yeah, but uh, going back to Lion's question, right? you said that it's kind of a good thing that uh, a lot of uh, City players are being given a chance to to start because Pep is always rotating his uh, starting 11, right? Mm-hmm. But why not rotate Edison out because he's been so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. no. So I think um, in, in uh, recent weeks, I've been quite um, vocal with how I feel about Edison. Like... Um, Okay, to be honest, if, if you guys actually saw, um, I think it was like Watkins, right? Yeah, Watkins' goal against uh, City. Honestly, I feel like Edison should have done better. I think Got go- a bit of Hilario in it, man. Yeah, like... like of the Hilario. I, 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 oh my god, Hilario. Yeah, I, I feel like Edison has been... Like, you know you know, like how you say, like, it's the recontract issue, right? Like, when players recontract, they tend to get more com- complacent. I feel like Edison hasn't really had healthy competition. And like... um. I think like what BK mentioned just now, I honestly feel that um, if I could pick any goalkeeper in the Premier League right now to replace Ederson, Raya? Right, it's Raya. Because Raya, Raya's style of play is very similar to Ederson, except Raya can actually make saves. So, um, yeah, I, 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 and, and like if you, if you notice how Raya plays, right, his distribution as well, I think it's the second best in the league behind Ederson. But, yeah, but I, I, I honestly uh, think that if you are a goalkeeper, your main job is to 
uh, keep balls out of the goal. That's why it's called a goalkeeper. And I honestly have not seen much of that from City now. I think if if there's a stat you could pull up, I think City's defense is honestly not. I I'm quite comfortable to say that they are not in the top, maybe top seven, or top ten, because uh most of the time it's um the defenders that are protecting Edison. But I've never seen much of Edison, you know, um, saving making saves and stuff. So I don't know. We we'll see about that. Hopefully, uh, after saying this, Edison will make some worldly saves against Arsenal. Whoa! But, but yeah, I think since since uh. Shouldn't brought it up. Yeah, I think uh, it's fair to say this. But of course, whoever Pep picks as his goalkeeper, whether it's Ortega or him, um, I I I just hope that we can be uh, we can be Arsenal. <laughs> I, I, it kind of sounds like yeah. Sorry, sorry, Karim, but it kind of sounds like both of you are quite pessimistic about your own team's chances in this midweek fixture. Uh yeah, I I mean it's a big team like I I guess it's too it, it's the match that every everyone's kind of waiting for to see how the table would turn right for either one like if they win they are on points you know goal difference hundred percent city will win um we have the game in hand but we all all of us do feel the same way game in hand is not it's secure points is better than game in hand and obviously we dropped mm-hmm. so much points already coming from what Christmas. Was was it eight points initially, and then like five, and then now three? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's horrible, uh, and it's not like other like you know, Spurs took the win for us, and we'll get to Spurs in a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think we should have done better. I feel yeah. even more so for the Everton game, but you know, it is what so, it is what it is, lah. How how do you think this game will be played out? Because I don't think right. It is a. Uh, no, I think not losing to each other, it's kind of the best outcome, right? The best yeah, outcome. yeah. I also, yeah. I, I do, I do think Ateta would play offensive though, just because it's at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, okay. I, actually, that was a question I was going to ask. Like, do you think Pep is? Do you think um Ateta is going to set up defensively and counter? In which, honestly, if you see teams like um, Spurs and like Man United, how they have set up against Man City, it does work. But I feel like. I think Ateta could just go all out. So we, I think it's going to be a good game for the neutrals because... I, I hope, I hope, yeah. I hope. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as a neutral, right, this kind of brings me back to when City and Liverpool were at their very best. And I think uh, City visited Anfield at an early stage of the season. Mm-hmm. And I do recall that Pep kind of set up in a really defensive way. Not not really park the bus defensive, but defensive possession and both teams are kind of happy with a nil-nil. And I think, um, just, just, a, just a wild guess that I think Ateta and Pep would rather not shake, shake hands so on it much and take away. one yeah, point shake each. Shake hands and take one point each <laughs> and see how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah. Because I... do not do not forget, <laughs> you guys have to play each other again. Yeah. Yeah. Further yeah. down the season. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do I, I do see that. And and it will be City at home. So Yep. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I do see that more more likely to happen than 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 you, you know mm-hmm. Arsenal obviously taking the win. Uh yeah, but... I, I, I do think. Yeah, but I, I think ap- apart from, like, I know, I understand that there's all this talk about uh, Arsenal and Man City, right? But is it actually time for us to acknowledge that United could be back in the title race? 
Seamless <laughs> Acknowledge yeah, me. No, yeah, no, be- no, because like yesterday after uh, I think United game was before the City game, right? After they beat Leeds, right? I saw that United actually quietly climbed to second. <laughs> oh, for, for a brief moment, yeah. Do yeah. you feel the the, the like a oof? <laughs> yeah, they are, like, yo, where yeah. did they came from? Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, so yeah, well, they take it I away. mean, okay, since the last episode, um, United have actually played against Leeds twice. So if y'all are just wondering, like, oh, we beat Leeds, we also drew with them as well, and now looking back on it, if we had gotten two Ws against Leeds. I think like we'll be like putting a lot more pressure. Y'all would really feel the stress of United. Um but you know like we gave y'all a chance. But actually to be to be honest, the the first match against Leeds wasn't good. And I think it's looking at matches like that that always makes me doubt that United are title contenders because they're not playing like champions, I would say. They're a bit lucky. Um they get the occasional uh scrap by uh, game um in even the the Leeds game where we drew um to all uh it wasn't like we we really didn't have the game under control it was really because of our man in form Rashford who managed to score in both games as well and and some maybe not just lucky goals but like good kind of team performance to get back into the game but that's not enough if you want to be title contenders you need to um grind out the wins um, get the points on the board, but um, yeah, not losing was important. I feel for the first match against Leeds, and then getting the win at Ellen Road. Um, I think we are really up there to put pressure. I don't think we are, and and no one's really putting us into that kind of a consideration to be title contenders. Um, it would really take um a slip from either Arsenal or City. Sensitive um, words, yeah, this <laughs> slippery. <laughs> Slippery. It would. I think that's that's what it is because at this moment in time, uh, those two teams, in my opinion, still play the better football, and you could see that in the United versus Arsenal match, um, and even when we come up against City, there's always those two teams are the superior football playing teams, but as it has always been, United's team is always set up to play more on the counter, so we don't need to have the ball that much to actually um get a goal. So. Uh yeah, do do you think that do you all think that United should be in consideration to be considered title contenders, or is it just um, me? I think it's a little bit too early for you guys. I uh, you guys are lacking a striker. I mean, if you guys had a top notch striker, I would you, say you that don't yes, consider you guys Rashford are in the a top notch striker. Oh uh, no, Re- I I consider Rashford more of like a left forward. Running into space. I oh, you mean like a center forward? Yeah, like an actual center forward. Like, if, if Martial was a little bit more fit, I think you would have been like a strong contender for the title. But right now, I think you guys really lack uh, a world-class striker. To yeah, before I'm... I can say that you guys are true challengers. Like, yeah, I know Ganacho and Rashford, they are... On scintillating, scintillating run of forms right now, but there will come a run of games, right? Which I think it's coming up soon that you have to face against teams that will know how to play and defend in a low block, which I think could be where you drop uh, points. 
because I know that you guys have been getting quite a lot of Ws, albeit the recent draws against Palace and um what and and Leeds, yeah. So could be a season too early until you guys sign a striker in the summer, be it Victor or Simhan or whoever is available on the market right now. But I think you guys would finish comfortably third or even make a push for second. Yeah, it, it may be like um I think that's that's about a fair assessment. I, I do think that um Valt Vekhoz deserves a little bit of a shout. He's not really the finisher that I thought he was and he hasn't really gotten the service that I think he needs to thrive, but his his overall gameplay has really d- helped a lot. I think he does a very good hold up play. So he manages to hold the ball and progress the team up the field, even though he's not the one that ends up uh, clinching the, the final goal. Um, but I think that has been quite important, seeing that we haven't had a striker to hold up play um, that way for a while. I think Ronaldo would do it every now and then, but um, he's also not really that kind of like dominating. Actually, he, he was, I would say. Um, so it's a bit hard to... To say so, we just need to find someone to replace him in that. Like, um, I think the the Victor Osimhen shout is great. I would love that to happen as well in the summer, but we'll see how. I think a lot of other teams will be vying for his signature as well. So, not 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 an easy buy in any kind of scenario. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I also heard Chelsea are sniffing in the market for as Victor. always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard really Arsenal was going for him as well. So Chelsea might as well just. Chelsea you know, sniffing go. everything. <laughs> yeah, we're just copying people's <laughs> Who Who needs a scouting team when you have other teams to do it for you? Mm. Oof. So just a outlandish thought out there, right? If Rashford keeps up this run of form, do you think that he will be in contention for the Ballon d'Or? I think that only happens if United manage to... Yeah, yeah, not just one. I think we need to get two. If we win yeah, the League Cup against win, Newcastle, like, like that's not League. it. That's not. You guys win the Europa League and you know one of the Mickey Mouse Cups. <laughs> we win Europa League. I think he also needs to get a, f- a few more goals because right now he's he's quite a fair bit yeah, behind Haaland. If, if he keeps up this this run, of yeah, form. a goal every game in the league. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think why not? Uh, how is everyone else doing around the world? And that's the the big question because right Ballon d'Or he you has, have like does he has to com- does he have to compete with Messi I th- I th- because I he think won he the does. World Cup, <laughs> World Cup. I think he yeah does. <laughs> man oh, I mean man. Yeah. Oh, we're still in the same year aren't we and then I think it's yeah, more or less yeah. going back to Messi oh, man. but I think I think he gets on the stage yeah, he could get I think he can get on the stage yeah I think I think it'll be Messi and Mbappe and then and then now the big question is who gets that third spot Rashford or Haaland and I think it will really depend what happens from now to the end of the season but if he drops off from now till the awards and Rashford just keeps on this form till I think then. It's, I think, it's I think there's a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Because Haaland, Haaland's only job right now is like to just keep like scoring all the goals. Whereas Rashford is, he does quite a bit. He, he also gets quite a bit of assists as well, I feel. Um, if he's not getting uh, direct assists, he's, he's very much in the mix. And he's, he's proving to me more integral um, the goals that he's scoring. Because we we're not really like uh, dominating teams with a lot of goals. Whereas like mm-hmm. not not to not I think Haaland is fantastic. He's completely a beast. But he's stat padding, right? He goes against some teams and he knocks in a hat trick. And that really helps his goal. But I mean, those are games that you're already expecting City to win. And they just do it even more comfortably with Haaland. Um but 
with with any other t- player in his previous and we've seen it with City they didn't even need a striker to go and win these games so mm. um, I would say because Haaland is in a superior team and he has Kevin De Bruyne behind him he's always going to get the goals but I think who's really helping the team more is Rashford because Rashford is getting a lot of winning goals and, and that's the difference yeah, yeah. You guys are really missing Ericsson as well as Casemiro. I think Casemiro's a big miss. Yeah, that midfield trident on Bruno, uh, Casemiro and Ericsson. It's a formidable, formidable midfield. Could rival City's one. Could a bit could, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's. I mean, you guys, Casemiro will be back. Uh, the game after this one, right? Just one more game to help anchor the midfield, but. I, I think don't really he know can how play in the he can play in Harrison. the uh the Europa game. If we have Barca coming up. Ah yes, which yes. would be great because uh, the red card doesn't apply to Europa. How so. was how was Sabitzer? Um, I, is an interesting one. I feel like he, uh, with all his kind of credentials being like quite an experienced campaigner, um, you would think that he'd probably adjust a bit better. I feel that he's struggling a little bit with the pace of the EPL, um. He is getting caught out a little bit and he's making a little bit of like those late tackles. They're not intentionally late. I just think he's a little bit slow. Um, but when we are in possession, uh, he's got pretty good vision. He moves the ball on quite well. He's not too slow. So I feel in possession in attacking, he's quite an asset. But he's everyone was saying like, oh, okay, he can come in and, and cover for Casemiro. But the effect is not the same. I don't think he reads the game as defensively well as Casemiro does. And he's a little bit slower, um. But in the offense, yeah, I think he's he's good. He's good cover for Ericsson, who we are really missing a lot to, um, kind of string, uh, the passes together to get us from um the defense, the defensive half into the offensive half. So, I like him. Uh, he switches the ball quite well. So he's kind of uh integral in the in the attack. Yeah, I think he's he's a good loan signing. I I don't think that we'll get him on a permanent basis. Um, so I think it was just really important that we got someone in, and I think he's doing a a good job enough because losing Ericsson and then Casemiro to Ericat, I think if we had brought back in McFred, it's it's uh, it's just we we wouldn't be having this conversation about United being title contenders. Mm. I always thought that Savitzer was a forward though. I'm a bit surprised to see him play as a one of the deeper lying midfielders. I didn't know he had this. You know, quality in him to to dictate play from midfield. He's he's not but really yeah. dictating play. I think that's the difference. He's because he's like you're saying a bit more attacking minded in the offensive. Uh, when we're on the offensive, he looks quite sharp, a bit bright. But when we are not, um, he doesn't look very comfortable sitting uh in in that midfield to just try to break up play. Um, I mm. I kind of find that his positioning is a little bit off, um, but he's not really been found out because when we're defending, everyone kind of drops back. Even Bruno drops back really deep, so he's just trying to cover up the gaps in that midfield. But I don't think he has that kind of um, perceptive ability like Casemiro to sniff out the danger, which is why okay. he he yeah he's not really a cover. Yeah. Wait. So, judging from what you said, he is. Wait, I, I need to get his nationality, right? Is he... He's Austrian. Australian? Austrian. Oh, so based on what you said, uh, a very brief introduction on Sabitzer, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of seems that he's like the Australian 
McTominay but with a ponytail. Mm. Damn. McTominay. <laughs> That's I, Would you bad. say McTominay is very good offensively though? He you, McTominay is a very utility so, player mm-hmm. and he's been known to actually uh, even though this season I think he's really rusty but that's because he really hasn't been getting the minutes um, in previous uh, campaigns I think McTominay uh, does play the more defensive role of the two between him and McFred uh, I, I'm not, I mean he Fred. and him are <laughs> McFred together my bad uh, between him and mm. Fred Fred is the more uh, attacking player he has the ability mm. to, to get in that through ball to the attackers okay. um, Sabitzer, Sabitzer is, is a bit like Fred uh, or do you know he's a cam yeah, I, I remember him as like a, a little higher up, yeah. Number ten, yeah. So it's it's difficult because Bruno is already sitting in that position. Uh, Bruno likes to be the cam. He likes to be the one to, if the strikers don't take the shot, he would take the shot. And I think that's the same position as Sabitzer. But then, only one of them can be there. You need the cover in the midfield in case we get countered and something like that. You need someone there, which is usually, um, now in in this season, it's Ericsson and Casemiro. But but mm. they're both out at the at the very current moment, so it's uh it's Fred and, and Sabitzer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I you see I think I think that's a bit harsh, but then again, uh I, I don't wanna disrespect uh McTominay, so I guess it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> An Austrian McTominay. Like you guys been doing an a little bit extra to turn all those draws into wins, right? From being from being in losing positions to ultimately salvaging a point but you know since we're on the topic about getting draws right i mean uh, a resident fan who is supporting a, a, <laughs> a team who are draw merchants at the moment uh your cash what's up man what's up with newcastle and can't buy a win <laughs> okay um i think this also uh, the current results and how we are playing it really shows that uh bruno Gimares is the signing of the season because without him, we are really quite rubbish. Uh, Sean Longstaff is being exposed for the fraud he is. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's quite painful to watch because like suddenly we don't have this intensity. Suddenly we don't have this um, leading by example. You know, we, we speak about players like uh, Thomas Party for Arsenal, you know, things like that, where you take them out and then suddenly uh, levels drop by, just by this much because it's not just their talent, you know, it's their aura, it's their presence. And Bruno Guimaraes brings a lot to this where you can see sometimes where Kieran Trippier tries to build an attack, right? He looks at Sean Long stuff, he's like, oh, fuck. And <laughs> 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 he, he either goes backwards or something. So this has been a story for the past two games. Um, unfortunately, we have to play Liverpool without him. And uh, I don't know if you all watched the game, but uh, Joe Willock also went off injured. Oh, so uh, how Eddie how he worked around it is because okay, because right now when once we don't have we lock right, we are we only have two fit centre midfielders, uh, senior level, so he brought on uh Gordon as a camp, and uh, we were all right. Just that we really need that leadership and someone who can transit defense into attack. Someone who just had has that extra you know like magic to mm-hmm. just like flip flap his way out of the shit and then like create the whole he's just like another level really another level out of everybody else mm-hmm. so this is one of the problems that we are facing right now the second problem is uh, uh, Maxi is struggling 
I think he's struggling not because he's not good enough, but he is very conflicted. You can see that he's trying very hard. He's trying to cover. He's trying to do the job that Joe Linton used to do. Mm-hmm. But this is not his game. And yeah. it's very sad to see him like so miserable. And, you know, he's, he's best when he's on the ball. He's running at people. Yep. And at the same time, right, the, the way we play is very different now. We are on the front foot. When we played West Ham and Bournemouth, they are all on the low block. And Maxi needs the space. Yep. So without the space and with three people like all on him when he's on the ball, it's very difficult. I mean, when you give him the space, right? You see, he was the creator before the goal when Migi got the equalizer against Bournemouth, and it really shows he has the the special kind of quality that uh, we we are very used to see him with. But because right now he's trying to play the Eddie Howe system and he's really struggling, I I think like. I won't be surprised to see him go in the summer. Not because he is not good enough, but he really needs a different team that appreciates his qualities. I think it's because previously, before Eddie Howe, you guys were so used to playing on the counter because of uh, what Bruce Ball and, and all that. That's why he had a lot of space to do all his mazy runs. But right now, because of where you guys are at the table, people, or rather clubs, are respecting you guys a lot more. So instead of coming and attacking you guys, you, you guys are actually... You guys actually have to break down the low blocks, and yeah, yeah. So, I I'm also quite sad if if Saint Max were to go in summer because his him and Adama Traore are like, um, they are FKB legends. They're, they're pretty fun. Yeah, they're they're what? pretty fun. What Adama is? Yeah, I I would enjoy. <laughs> Put some respect on Baby O's name. Yeah, yeah. man, dude. Yeah, Saint Max so, anytime. Saint Max in a heartbeat. Yeah. Anyway, I'm. I was curious. I thought you guys signed Gimaresh to play a little bit more in like that box to box role instead of being a, a full fledged DM. Cause yeah. So last mm-hmm. season, uh, Shelby was playing where Bruno was playing yes. right now. Uh, and that's where he was scoring a few goals. Right. I think if mm, you all have bought him on FPL, yeah, yeah, he was did. a very good buy. Yep. 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 <laughs> I I did buy um, him. This. Yeah, so this season, Shelfie started off injured and obviously now he's been moved on to Forest. Yep. So he has to take the responsibility. Um, he has spoken out in interviews that he actually rather played where he used to play last season, but right now we don't have the uh, personnel for that. Lah. Um, did did Shelfie have a falling out with uh, Eddie Howe? Because no, I... Shelfie actually, uh, he he respects, I think all the interviews coming after he left was all full of respect, all very uh, positive. It's more of I think he just him knew, wanting to play more. Yeah, he knew it was probably his time. Uh. Yeah, he knew he will be moved on like next season or something like that. And that's where we have to get it right with the signings. I think uh number six is very important. Do you call it number six? The DM Yeah, role? the DM role. Yeah, so now yeah, number six is very important for us. I think uh we have to find we have to upgrade on Willock and uh long stuff. And if uh Maxi goes, then we do need a left winger as well. It's also very difficult to you know Migi, right? He's such a polarizing character. Like, <laughs> uh, there's the huge section of fans who love him. Yep. Like, really love him. But maybe because he has a very beautiful energy, you know, he, mm. he's very positive and things like that. But he's also very limited. So, like, that's where fans who want results, they, they are very frustrated with him. And for me, I am worried because you see the moment we take Bruno out right because we are very pol- we are very similar right now on route with Manchester United they have Casemiro out in fact they also have Ericsson out and we have Bruno out and they still can grind the results out against people like Leeds obviously they drew last week but this week they won right mm-hmm. 
So they, they still can get their results. But for us, we are not just not getting results, we're actually struggling. Like, if not for our very good defense, right, we, we will be back to like how we played under Steve Bruce. Why? And I, I don't think I'm very harsh in saying that. Why didn't mm. y'all try to bring in someone in the January window um, just for backup, if anything? Because you knew that Shelby was going to go, right? I mean, the, the club would have known because they, they made the move to allow him to go. Yeah, so what Eddie Howe said was that he didn't want Shelby to go. But on a human level, he felt that Shelby, he didn't want to keep Shelby just because of like sporting uh, reasons. So if that's his decision, I respect that because, you know, after all, we're all human, right? We're not just playing as robots. So that came probably like the last 10 days of the window. Then we tried to get Gallagher. And Chelsea being Chelsea always make things hard for people, whether they're stealing players <laughs> or not letting players go. <laughs> they made it hard for us to get Gallagher. And then... Uh, you got Gordon. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, we got Gordon, but we got Gordon as a winger, not a cam. He's not... He, he's all right, I guess. Like, he's starting to show some glimpse of what he was good at when we all started to catch notice of him in Everton. But at the same time, he also missed the sitter. So, uh, but I, but Gordon was not the, the plan for a midfield. I think if Bruno got sent off a game earlier, right, we would straight away have spent the money to get someone ready. Because now we were really very short. Mm. And and from, I think from what we see with Arsenal, uh, DMs are very hard to get. I think yeah. in the summer, right, the price for getting an out and out DM, uh, a one with quality, right, yeah. We're we're all gonna be competing for Declan Rice. Right? <laughs> just, I was I was gonna I was just about to say like you would know you got Enzo Fernandes. Like, but I you know actually I think right I we would have done very well with Jorginho. Who you you guys? Yeah, yeah. Then you guys should have paid that twelve million that I didn't more, have man. to pay, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean I'm not Eddie House, so I don't know how the scouting works. But when when I think about it, actually. I think Jorginho would have been because we don't need him up front where he will make the mistakes where losing the ball yeah. we lose the ball you, we have you, two very good centre backs yeah. to cover you guys up. need a DM to put Bruno Guimaraes in that more advanced attacking position right to kind of unlock um, or rather to, to be a little bit stronger in that midfield department I feel the same way for Enzo Fernandez as well like I feel that putting him in that DM role it, it, it's really I mean he, he's good it's there wasted, right? Yeah but he's a lot better If he's being pushed up Up front Like a box to box position So I think it's gonna be like Like Newcastle and Chelsea Are most likely gonna compete for Like I don't know Declan Rice Or, or some other DM uh, Because like even now if Okay I mean This is Obviously not relative right But even when I play Football manager Finding hey. a DM Is very difficult Yeah it is very hard to find Yeah so, okay, um, this is one idea that I really like. I don't know whether he, he can do it anymore because Benitez used to try Fabian Shah as a DM. And it, it was Ooh. towards the period where he was leaving already. Yeah. yeah. I, and I thought that that worked out very well. You, Just that that was. If you three, get like a ball ago. playing midfielder, uh, ball playing centre back to kind of. Yeah. I, I, I mean, even for Chelsea, played Luis at that role before, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. I always felt that Shah is at his best when he plays in the back three because he he always gets the license to roam forward and 
he he's technically he's, very good. Yes, he's a very he's a deceptively good dribbler. As yes, well. yeah, but I I don't know if, uh, that can work for, like someone who is supposed to play in an anchorman midfield role because. You don't really want him to dribble out opposition. I mean, I'm I'm not sure. It's just my, my my putting my FIFA hat on, my career mode hat on. Because yeah. actually, if you think about his attributes, right, it it all works out because he is not very fast. Mm-hmm. He is not the kind that puts in the crunching tackles, mm-hmm. but he reads the ball very very well. He's a very he's neat, very neat midfielder. Yes, uh, he's an interceptor. He's a blocker, and he's. He has wonderful passing range. I see. So if you convert him, he's actually he's pretty much like for like with Shelby. Mm-hmm. Just that Shelby, I think he's way better in terms of passing and shooting. Oh. So like I wouldn't complain if we moved him up to the DM position, but we don't have a good center back right now. I don't think Lascelles is cut for it anymore. Okay. So that could be something that uh, Eddie Howe looks at in the summer. Mm. But if we want to preview like the Liverpool game and potentially the 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 final with United um, I'm quite worried because uh, even though Bruno will be back for the final I think Manchester United has a lot more as compared to us we don't have Wilson Wilson's injured again Isak's not firing mm-hmm. Nigi has disappeared uh, St. Max I, I've really gone through mm-hmm. so our top four our front four is like struggling right now Yep. and we have uh, Rashford who is possessed <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work. Well, I think tell the you, man, thing that you got for injury soon. But the thing that you got for yourself <laughs> is a extremely strong defense. I think it's the best defense in the league in terms of the least goals conceded. And once yeah, again, actually, our goal difference is so much better than Manchester United. You know. Yeah, I was quite shocked. Yeah. And then again, like in a final, right? The ball is round, so anything mm. can happen. Uh. Like you could have, it, it could be like a City versus Chelsea Champions League final. You know, like. All you need is yeah. an extremely strong rear guard and just one counter-attack and you can just seal the game from there because I don't remember many teams actually coming back to win against this Newcastle team when Newcastle is one goal ahead. I don't, I, I don't think there's any team that has done that like this season because of how strong your defense is. But yeah, I no because mm-hmm. I mean because we only lost once. So yeah, yeah, so correct. But you guys, package. you guys lost once, but you've been drawing a lot, a lot of games, right? Wow, yeah. you're only you're only lost once this season, and it was a robbery. Oh yeah, that's insane. Like when yeah, you think about the it. Day, I was not sure if you Nathan was raging. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to give a a hot take. Okay, looking yeah. at the midfield situation right now, um, there's another player who wears black and white that. That fits that role perfectly, and that is a certain Paul Pogba. <laughs> Would you <laughs> go no. for him in the summer? I mean, no. he he solves all that. Who's saying no? Is that Beeks? <laughs> <laughs> he he solves all that problems like the 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 passing ability that of Shelby Pogba has loads of it. He does know how to defend. He doesn't really like it, but he can. I don't think he's a Eddie Howe player. He's a proper six. He's a proper six. Yes. Uh. Yeah. I agree with. BK, this BK, right? Yeah, I, I, he's yeah, not I Eddie Howe player. Because Eddie Howe is the kind of player that researches your whole lifetime before he buys you. Like oh, a rice, a rice makes more sense, or like, uh, Kelvin Phillips. 
Yeah, like Loki, yeah. I would say I, I would I would agree on Calvin. I would take Calvin Phillips on a loan, yeah. but I'm not going to pay back that. What? How much does man? I think it was forty. Yeah, uh, forty okay, for uh, a six-year deal. Cheap, cheap. He, yeah. forty for a six-year deal. <laughs> yeah, cheap. He's like he's what twenty-seven or twenty-eight already, right? Yeah. Yeah, but younger than Pogus. Pogus is like what thirty. Pogus is my age. Yeah. So I think I think you could get Pogba for thirty. Yo, bro, his wage is gonna be crazy. True. What's he gonna do? Debs? No, he's gonna just uh, uh he's gonna get a new haircut sick. every week. <laughs> yeah, he's just gonna be on the bench. Yeah, he's gonna be at the barbers. <laughs> I'll just tell you what I did on FM. I bought NDD, but I paid stupid money. I uh, paid like a million. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would. Ooh, actually, you could go for NDD, right? Yeah, NDD is kind of fell off a little bit. Oh, you you know who you can injuries, get the the Southampton guy, the one that Chelsea wants to sign as well. Lavia. Lavia. Yeah, Lavia. No, the funny thing is right. Um. I think City sold Latvia to Southampton for what twelve million. Yeah, yeah, but there's yeah, a buyback, I think. With a, with mm. a buyback, yeah. And City has a buyback, but if any other clubs want to buy him, easily have to fork out fifty million to get him. Oh, yeah, I, I know, 50 I know. Fifty for him, he's young. He's eighteen or like Insane. what nineteen. I think I think you should consider Yuri Tillemans. Yeah. He's not really not, a DM. But he's not a DM. He's not yeah. okay. Yeah, I just oh, told myself he's not really what, a DM. But they're Newcastle also missing the yeah. creative midfielder. Wasn't Newcastle They're sniffing around Madison? I mean, no. If but, but Madison, yeah, Willard, they're all there in the same kind of bracket. Man City is going to steal him from us. <laughs> Man City won Madison. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I think Madison is our plan B if we don't get Bellingham. 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 Yeah, yeah Bellingham can fit that role as well. I think it really depends on the personality of players we are going to look at. If they are someone who is very excited about a project, then maybe yes we will get them if they want to have straight up trophies they'll go for Man City but obviously with the controversy looming around some players might not want to be associated with that so that's a plus for us but at the same time we would have to compete with already established people like Liverpool mm-hmm. Manchester United even Chelsea but I don't think Chelsea will spend some money this summer that's what so we all thought you don't, you don't think yeah. so <laughs> 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 Watch them buy Earth again. Watch us spend another five hundred million. <laughs> Easy money. Yeah. So as much as they say, oh, we are the richest club in the world, right? And you, I think now even the owners are also at red alert because of what's happening in City. So they they are like, okay, we really have to play by the rules, and uh, it's it's not looking very optimistic in terms of like buying everyone that we would like. You see, even like we would try to get Musa Diaby from Leverkusen. 60 yep. million we didn't want to pay for it mm-hmm. because yeah it's either a value thing or a, a what's the FFP thing yep yeah mm. yeah so um, just a quick preview on sure. the weekend uh, you guys like based on your history right you, you guys have a good record against Liverpool at St. James's Park man. or wait it's not St. James's Park anymore it's the Sports Direct Arena no, that's so long ago. Oh wait, so so what is it now? We are back to being called Saint James. Oh, Saint James Park. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mamet, <Man. laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys, yeah, I, you guys. I won't be surprised names, if it's another one nil um, snatch and grab from Liverpool. From Liverpool? Yeah, no yeah. man. I, 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 like, like you guys think you will lose against Liverpool? No, no he's I'm not FK being cursing bro. it. No, I'm not <laughs> oh, reverse oh, FKB oh, here. Oh. But <laughs> Okay, because you see, uh, there's so many instances where we cannot kill off the game. Uh, as much as Liverpool's defending is not as, um, what's the word, organised as the previous two teams we've been playing, 
I still think that in midfield they will have the better of us. If you play players like for like, right, I think Thiago is better than all three of our players. The only strong one we have right now is Jolinton. No, but hold up. Do you know that Thiago is out for a month? Oh, it's yeah, out. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who did they have? Like? I don't know. <laughs> what, what, what do you guys think? Like, I know. What's... It's going to be a draw because you're all yeah. draw merchants. <laughs> yeah, I also think it's going to be a draw. But then again, like, I, if, you're, if, you're, if your offense can break the wingers, which I do really think you guys can. Uh, you guys I, are going to get chances against that Liverpool yeah, defense. I, I don't just think just it's go down the side not impossible, though. It's like I'm I know what you mean because if like Liverpool plays the high line, Liverpool plays the high line, right? It's not if they do play it, right? So there's a chance that Maxi or Isak has the chance to counter and use the space and the pace. So that would be the only way to go. But I don't. I guess it's just me watching two very very poor games, and I don't really have the optimism to see us getting a win. But but I honestly feel that Liverpool can. At the moment, they can't score as well. They, they can't do anything. Yeah, right. they can't do anything. Man, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, really. Can they, are, they can't attack. Like, Salah looks terrible. But the rot ends somewhere, and I think it ends with us. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out tonight. <laughs> yeah. Liverpool yeah, we'll play tonight. Everton tonight. Mm. Yeah. I think being like a, a neutral fan in this, like, if I were to call the Liverpool Everton result, right, I would not be surprised if Everton win. But I, if I were betting man, I will bet that Everton leave Anfield with at least a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh. that's how mm. kind of confident I am of Everton's resurgence and Liverpool's continuation of their decline. Slash is on the Daesh hype train. Mm-hmm. I hope that Liverpool win so that the rot ends. <laughs> <laughs> and they start rot- rotting again. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we can uh, wrap it up with our favourite segment, which is Fraud Watch slash, slash Boss Watch. And I think Nate and Cash, you guys uh, you guys have like a, a, a candidate for this week's Boss Watch? Yeah, so I was just looking on the everyone's favourite local kind of news channel called Mothership. And I saw this article mentioning a certain local um, Singaporean who is playing her trade overseas, playing football in England. And and when do you normally hear news of um, our, our own players getting a chance to play in England? I think there's only one other person that I know of. I think at this time was the guy who went to play for Fulham. Yeah, but um, there was yeah, so much like no Singaporean, dude. Yeah. <laughs> He's he- now Thai. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh well. The best part is at least uh, she doesn't have to come back for service. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sash. Hey, Sash. Um, Cash, make the announcement. Who is this certain someone? Um. So we have our local eighteen-year-old Danelle Tan. She's un- she's the youngest international goal scorer for Singapore at the moment. Wow. Uh, she has moved to the London Bees. Already made her debut. A bit a loss, but it's still like achievement for all of it's us. It's a huge thing, man. It's she's, a huge uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, she's a uh, local pride for us. So, uh, I've worked with Danelle once on a shoot, which uh, unfortunately it did not go through. But uh, I got to see her train and I think that she's... Um, at that point of time, I think that is... Wow. 2021. Mid-2021. Mm-hmm. And at that point when I watched her play, right, I'm like, this girl is 
going places. So at the point of that, I, I've not researched on her. I just know that uh, the, the person who trains her, because she takes her own PT as well, right? So the person who trains her, I know him. And then he invited me over for a shoot, right? So I didn't know. I just thought that it's just going to be someone under him. Well, when I watched her, I was like, wow, this girl is special. Eh? And then I went to do some research and then I realized, oh, okay, I, she's under the the international setup and things like that. And then slowly, you know, I followed her and then I watched her try to get trials in certain clubs. I think she tried in the US as well. And it was, when you, when you see her training footage, right, you know that she's as good as maybe some of the guys in the current males team. What kind oh, of um, so it's like, position does she play? She's a forward. So I think in the national international team, she plays as a striker. She's very tiny, but she's f- like fast and she can use both feet. Singapore wow. Messi. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, you know, like, like the link, the link that you sent, right, on, on Mothership actually shows like the gif of her goal. And like, she she looks like uh she could be the next female Messi man. We'll we'll see. Hopefully Ooh. hopefully she does live up to that level. Hope no, hopefully we can one day see her play in the women's super league. You know? you know what? I'm already ready for all the salty comments that the guys will be oh it would be nice if we didn't have to serve the RV and then like, <laughs> I mean, all the salty <laughs> comments will be that's coming. That's another in. topic altogether, isn't it? Yeah, that's a conversation yeah. for now. But um I, I think she she will do well. She from what I heard, she felt uh that I don't know whether she failed la, but it didn't work out. She tried to have a trial at Spurs. It's okay. Uh, yeah, BK say your line. It's Spurs' loss. Yeah, yeah. It's Spurs. It's Spurs, man. It's okay. Another, like Chelsea and Spurs. Arsenal have a better women's team if I'm right. <laughs> Not yeah, wrong. But the fact that she's only eight. Anyway, do you guys watch a lot of women's football? Nah, nah. Uh, but no. I, I remember Chelsea, United and Arsenal. Arsenal's yeah. one are like Arsenal, always at yeah. the top. Yeah, so uh, I watched a lot of the fourth tier. So um, uh, Danelle is in the third tier. I watched a lot of fourth tier because of Hashtag United. Their women's team is in the fourth tier. Mm-hmm. The standard is pretty competitive, you know. Like, it's it's hard, man. <laughs> it's physical. <laughs> so it, it's, it's quite good that she's already in the third tier. And the great thing is that she's only 18. Yep. She's, there's so much Long room for potential. runway. Yeah. And I think uh, I won't be surprised if you see her in the WSL. Yeah, wishing her all the best, man. Hopefully, friend of the pot, like uh, Mr. <laughs> Philip Schultz of Wolfsburg. Shout welcome out to the Philip. Hall of Fame, Danel. Yes, yeah. welcome. <laughs> you better not so, FKB this. By the way, Cash, any, mm. any idea um, who Danel uh, supports? Like, does she watch Premier League? Oh, no, I, I, that, that one I'm not too oh, sure. Oh, bro, if it's Spurs, right, <laughs> I have to take back what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I might have potentially <laughs> shoot myself in the foot here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, transiting from the lofty heights of Boss Watch, we uh, unfortunately have to dive right down and scrape the bottom barrel, which is, you know, in, we're in the gulags of Fraud Watch. So, I think all of us are pretty unanimous when it comes to deciding whether VAR belongs in that spot. Because Bro, it's the peak of the pyramid if there was a pyramid, man. It's yeah, the like, like, they are like the gunk at the bottom of a shoe level yeah. oh, but now, are, are there any other nominees for uh, yeah, Spurs watch? the whole Spurs as well oh yes yeah. Spurs I think like whenever yeah. your team are down in the trenches right there's there's always another team that is down there with you and that can always come <laughs> on Spurs to be there <laughs> so poetic oh, yes. mm. uh, uh, I, I I think I'll go for Cucurella Ooh. Ooh. yeah the guy has not been good 
That's a good I, call. That, that, cool call. That guy has not been good. Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna put Porter's decision making back there because what I couldn't understand about it is, yes, take off Kukurella because he is not passing to Modric. But when you put Chilwell on, right, I want to see Modric and Chilwell form up a partnership. Like, I want to see Chilwell overlapping Modric. But then he takes out Modric and puts on Mount. So I'm like, like, you're, you're doing one right thing, but you're doing, it's like one step forward and two steps back. You're taking off our two, two good wingers in uh, Modueke and Modric, and you're putting on Mount and Ziyech, who doesn't want to be there. So our we were picking up some sort of momentum but then after that the momentum just it was lost through the substitution so um uh, low a bit key, sus low key I wanna sus. put Pedro Porro but dude it's his first <laughs> game man man he was bad though like you mean he was Poro Poro <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one though uh, I mean yeah first game discount that's why I like um First game tax man. Yeah. No, but like, like you know how Spurs uh Spurs lost four one right? I don't think we, it's gonna be the end here because apart from Loris right, they actually lost one of their best players of the season, Bentenko. Like, yeah, Bentenko. I think he's out. I think he's out for the entire season, right? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. out. Yeah, for and, the entire season. and and like I I feel that you know if Kane weren't uh in the mix right, actually Bentenko has been quietly doing a fantastic job, and oh, yeah, he's so doing well. Yeah, so I think that's a huge loss for them. And I think we can only see Spurs going down from here. La, so <laughs> That's good news for cash. Because yeah. Spurs are in and around the, the European places as well. Yeah. I mean, Sniffing since you brought it back to me, I have a uh, breaking news, as usual when I do this. Um, Newcastle are reportedly confident and very close to signing Frankfurt star Daichi Kamada, who is becoming a free agent at the end of the season. Ooh. Hmm. Does this, no, so they can only sign him at the end of the season? Yeah, yeah, next yeah. season. Uh-huh. So basically, next season he'll be in. Ooh. But I think there'll be a lot more signings than, than that one because, um, okay, catch actually besides the midfield, right? What other positions do you think Newcastle need to strengthen to, kind of propel themselves as a strong contender for the Champions League spots? I think they need one of each position, man. Um. Uh. Yeah, I think BK is right. We do we need a backup centre back who can play the Eddie House style. Um who who do we have? Oh, left back. I think Denburn Burn and left back. Dan Burn will drop next season. Mm. I see not he'll drop start to drop off next season because he's not getting younger. Mm. Okay. Um the only position we have quite good cover is goalkeeper. Mm. So right back we already covered already. We brought brought in Harrison Ashby, who looks to be very good. Uh, midfield I don't think we need just one we need at least three but um, offensively yes we do need to cover so if let's say I have to pick one like really a specific one I will go for a winger that probably can play both sides or across the front line mm. yeah mm. some 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 sort of like maybe a Ferran Torres Ooh. I'll take that Watford guy I can't remember his name it's uh, Milosa no no Jao Pedro yeah Jao Pedro man he can play all forward positions we tried to get him for 35 million but Watford uh, denied yeah. so we left the conversation yeah yeah, yeah uh, that's he, not he a bad shot like a he looked pretty good last season yeah. how, about, how about Ismaila Saar man like forgotten no news yeah dropped off eh dropped off I feel like if no one has gotten gone for him by now then it's kind of like, it's, it's something like top Kenwell 
Ah, yeah, top 10 well. Yeah. Wait, didn't he just move? Because like, I swear he moved. Yeah, he moved to Rangers. Right, right, right. So, I think like, usually these kind of players, right, you have the, a, a club that might be silly enough to go and spend mm. the money to get them over. Somewhat like Everton or like, <laughs> or probably the promoted clubs. But no one actually went for it and paid the money. Mm-hmm. So, you know these things, right? When it doesn't happen, the players drop off crazy. Remember, yep. if you all can remember, Saido Berahino. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> he did not get the move and then the that's it. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, no, with, the with other guy from Watford as well, Yesa Espirela, I think. Like, I think these two are going to be the next two. Uh, yeah, it's just for... BK and his FM stats. Yeah, I mean. No, 100%, bro. Those, I think, those guys. Yeah, I think um, once he come, comes back from his loan at Burnley, I think Ian Matheson of Chelsea will be someone highly sought after, but I think he will stay and fight for his place. Chelsea. But you've got when you deal with Chelsea, you've got to deal with Chelsea, man. Yeah. That's the problem. Fifty million, bro. <laughs> cheap, 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 you could cheap. you could take one of the the rejects from from Chelsea. You could take ZH. Uh, I mean, apparently maybe the fax machine works. Maybe the fax machine works here. But what if his paperwork doesn't go through? Then yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what the fax machine for the, crashes for the again. fourth time, man. Imagine that. Right, I think we should wrap it up. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's been a while, so I'd like to thank um the guys for for joining me and also hopefully um let's say Liverpool get a favorable result tonight, so you can hear Pascal's lovely hosting voice uh next week. But uh, then again, uh, I'd like to thank the listeners as well, uh, both old and new, and for the new listeners that have you know just joined us or just found about this podcast, uh, you can follow us at. Uh, the Full Kit Banter on Instagram. We are also on YouTube as well. And once again, we'll see you next week.